Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog, and today's story is the second and final part of Bragging Rights by Sakura Fox and Rob McCall, who, if they had a dollar for each time they've collaborated, would as of this recording have four dollars. Which isn't a lot, but it's interesting it's happened repeatedly. Most recently, in When the World Was Young, an anthology from the Furry Historical Fiction Society. You can find more of their stories on their respective So Furry Gallery. Last time, after some spirited braggadocio, Toki and Sakara made to depart the sauna together, much to the disappointment of the other hunters. Why the sudden privacy, after so much bragging? Read by Dirt Coyote, lately of Twitter.com. Please enjoy. Bragging Rights, by Sakara Fox and Rob McWolf. Part 2 of 2. A few chuckles went up around the room, but the mood was the same. Disappointment. But this would hardly be their last get-together, as Tookie went on to comment, and so they would get their show sooner or later. Perhaps even at the next trade meet, where they could meet similarly disposed men, or men who were curious enough to try being similarly disposed while they were away from their own tribes. All in good time. For now, however, Sakura and Tuki rose and offered pleasantries to their companions. Because, no matter how disappointed they were, it would have been terribly rude not to show common courtesy to people who willingly showed you their cocks. To upset someone with such precious knowledge was a dangerous game indeed, and one nobody present would want to play. So they watched and waved, all while Tookie approached the fox and wrapped his bony arm around his waist, then gave Sakura's bare cheek a squeeze. The fox's tail shot right up, and he let out a pitiful squeak, which invoked a choir of laughter. Once it died down, the two soon-to-be bedmates wrapped a reindeer pelt around themselves and swiftly disappeared into the frigid night. They had to be quick or the warmth of the sweat lodged that clung to their sweaty fur would be lost, much like their toes once the frostbite set in. But they had a night of heated passion to look forward to, of warm loins and buttocks and tight cuddles. All this spurred them into a jog, the old scout's feet still steady as they hopped and skipped practically stark naked over the mud, rock, and snow. Sakura counted them lucky that they saw nobody else. Even if casual nudity such as this was perfectly acceptable, he still didn't want to be caught with his cock tip peeking out of his sheath, especially not by the chief, who often got rather jealous at the prospect of the fox betting other men. But as they rounded the last hut, caked up to their ankles in mud and filth, they could both breathe a sigh of relief. Tookie's shelter lay right where he'd left it. Not that it could run off unless the tribe was going on the move and some do-gooder had packed up for the old otter. By the spirits, he'd never let that poor hunter live it down. Must hear the old otter's voice in his nightmares. On the contrary, however, 
Tookie and Sakura piled into the Levu, neither hesitating a moment longer than they needed to. The flap that covered the entryway was thrown shut, and just like that, the warmth swaddled both their naked bodies. There was no light, besides that which reflected off the boon and shone down the Levu's smoke hole. It wasn't much, but for the fox's eyes, trained as they were to follow the faintest tracks and swiftest motions, it was enough. In the darkness, he spied the old otter's possessions, a rich history of a respected elder who, for all his big mouth boasting, never really opened up much. There were two sleeping spots, the first big enough for two and quite impressive with a bearskin proudly displayed atop the pile of soft grasses and lesser pelts. The other was smaller, a common reindeer fur bedroll for one, but was certainly his cousin Sana's former bed. But why the old otter hadn't moved it, now that Sana lived in the shaman's lounge, he did not know. Besides these, there lay assorted bits and pieces, clay pots strewn about in the corners, and clothes half-eaten by moss hanging from the Lavu's wooden frame. A bundle of spears, an empty quiver and bow all piled opposite what Sakura could only describe as a shrine. It was odd, certainly. An old drum made from a piece of hollowed oak, over which was draped a musty cloak and a cold, unlit tallow lamp. It was hard to make out, but just beneath the cloak, Sakura swore he could make out carvings in the drum. However, before he could creep closer and take a look, a weary tookie cut in. My apologies, Sakura. If I knew I was going to have a guest, I would have left the fire smoldering. We might end up a little cold tonight. The author sighed as he crouched beside the fire, probing the ash with a stick. Sakura forced a smile and chuckled in response. Without wanting to appear rude and nosy, he shuffled over to the fire pit and joined the otter. We have each other's company. I'm sure we'll be warm enough with that. Sakura reached out both paws, cupped as if he were asked for water or kumist. In turn, Tookie reached out and placed his palm against the fox's paws all while they stared into each other's eyes. Sakura saw the glow again, fainter now, but still bright enough to rival the winter lights that danced in the night sky. And he was reminded of a time, not all too long ago, where they had first come to truly bond. Some months back, Tuki had woken Sakura gently sometime before dawn, each carrying a small bundle of light spears, they set out on horseback a half-day's ride to the northeast, turning north into the hills, into ground Sakura had never gone. Perhaps foragers came up here for roots, or the shaman, maybe, came up this way to gather plants. But if hunting parties came here, Sakura had never been among them. And he could see why. The ground was brambles and rocks, no grass for deer or tall elk, no signs of grazing, no droppings. The confusion Sakura felt then was brother to the confusion he felt now when they reached Tookie's tent. The otter, not old, of course, but older, didn't embrace him, didn't feel his body, didn't taste his mouth or his fur, 
didn't press his muzzle against his chest or between his thighs. He slid back to sit against the folded bearskin, bedding, to make room for the fox beside him. What did you bring me out here for, anyway? Sakura asked when he dismounted from Pekka. Rather than answer, Tookie had hushed him with a finger before his mouth, and then gestured for Sakura to follow. He had all stealth and confusion as the otter hunter led him around the edge of a steep, rocky bluff. Time was, Tookie sighed in the darkness of the Lavu. I could mount a handsome hunter like you, satisfy him, call for another skin of mead, then turn around and mount and satisfy the next hunter without bothering to put my buckskin back on. Sakura was suddenly aware how similar Tookie's tent was to his own, but how different the fact that no one else lived there, no one else slept there, made being there feel. No Cuvelli on the opposite side of the fire pit. No Connor crowding him against the wall. You have heard trying mead, Tookie asked. He didn't sound, for the first time that night, merely older. He sounded old. Around the side of the bluff, all red stone that crumpled into hard, milky white chunks if you put a foot wrong, was a tiny hidden canyon. A bright blue lake, mere still, lay between thick banks of rich heather. Across the water sprawled a flock of wild goats, and fat geese scrambled at the water's edge. Sakura had gripped one of his spears eagerly, but Tuki had put a hand on the tip and lowered it. I didn't bring you here to hunt, lad, the other had said. Just wanted to make sure you knew it was here. This place is my secret. Pretty sure no hunter but me knows it. Game here is fat and safe and slow. So famine ever creeps near again, I'd know there'd be one place I could be sure of catching food. The otter had looked deep into Sakura's eyes. As long as one hunter knows how to find this place, and only one, mind, don't go telling anyone. Then the tribe doesn't starve. So why are you telling me? Sakura had asked. Sakura had tried Mead, but Tuki went on without waiting for an answer. Not what you had expected when I dragged you home naked by your tail, is it? Well, Sakura found his voice by climbing into the otter's arms. Maybe I like it better this way. And then they did embrace. Then they felt each other's bodies, from neck to chest to bellies to cocks to thighs. Then they tasted each other's mouths, breathed deep the scent of each other's fur. Then Tuki buried his muzzle in Sakura's chest fur till the otter's tongue found the fox's nipple. Then Sakura finally leaned forward to taste Tuki's scent, his soul, at the place where a man's legs, where it's always the strongest and purest, half hard and warm with eager blood. It should be harder than this, though, shouldn't it? So why are you telling me? Sakura had asked. For longer than you've been a man, I've been the best hunter among the Lentovi. 
Tukiad sat, staring as the geese left the water's edge to mill about picking at the grass roots, for a long time in silence before answering, But I won't always be. All the way back, Sakura had made sure to memorize every detail of the way. Tuki grunted and pulled Sakura's back up into his arms. The otter's embrace was hungry, as if his lusts weren't for a warm maw around his cock, but a warm body against his chest, as if merely being held were something one could lust after. Sakura's shaft was stiff and eager where it ground against Tuki's thigh, but Tuki's remained unready. Looked like it was up to Sakura to start then. The fox took a deep breath, then pulled back, turned around, and lifted his tail. Invitingly, he hoped. This wasn't the way he usually did things, but if Tookie thought he was worth taking to bed, then hopefully the sight would give, well, the needed inspiration. It took a few moments, through which Sakura waited with bated breath, and then felt the soft crest of Tookie's paw brush against his cheek. Excitedly, the fox's tail began to sway, slowly at first, inviting the otter closer. Yet, he did not feel the otter's warmth, for he never moved to rest his bulk upon the fox. Instead, he sat and continued to crest the fox, all while he stared down at his partly erect cock with dismay. He really wasn't what he used to be, or so it seemed. Sakura felt sorry for him regardless. He knew what it was like to push another hunter down, ready and willing to be used, only to find his cock as shy as the hair that scurries in the bushes. You know it's there, but it won't show itself. Only, for the old otter past his prime, it must have felt so much worse. To know it wasn't just a bad day, but rather, the way it would be from now on. A promise was a promise, though. And, his heart sinking at the sight of the passionless otter, decided he would make good on his promise no matter what. So, he shuffled back and sat himself down, his large tail heavy with winter fluff wrapped around the otter, and his bare arse placed firmly in Tuki's lap. What will wake it? Sakura glanced back, his head cocked to the side with a look that was both inquisitive and playful. Toki blew a frustrated breath through hollowed cheeks. If it won't show up for a handsome lad's rump in my lap, then I deem it won't be showing up at all. Not so, Sakura insisted. It was awake in the sauna. I got a good look right before you tossed your buckskin in my face. Tookie blinked, and Sakura felt something stir against the base of his tail. Well, the otter glanced away, which gave the fox a chance to nibble gently on the side of his neck scruff. There's one thing. I've never actually tried it, but... You ever worn a buckskin pouch? Sakura shook his head. He'd always preferred breech cloth and hide leggings. Oh, you should try one, lad. But the point is, it's soft and smooth. It clutches you close and gentle. You could still feel through it. So, sometimes I've wondered. Wondered what? Get off quick, lad. I need something. 
Sakura lay on his back, watch propped on his elbows as Tuki turned and plucked something down from where it hung on the tense poles, pulled it up his legs, then returned and planted his knees on either side of the fox's face, leaving his muzzle inches from another buck leather thong. You have another one? Do you only have one loincloth? Tookie tried to sound concerned, but there was a wild glee in his eyes and voice, and Zakra could feel stocky otter thighs on either side of his head, clenching to keep control. I, uh, yeah, I do. He answered a little confused, his voice muffled by the otter's eager squeezes and divine bodily odor. There was no understating how wonderful Tookie's scent was. A collage of sweat and dirt, of natural musk, and the distinct odor of sex. All built up over the otter's long life, his very soul, permeating his buckskin thong and licking at Sakura's lips. It only worked to stiffen the fox's cock and make his spine tingle while the hackles on his neck rose instinctively. Sakura closed his eyes and took a long sniff of that scent. It was an invitation by the otter, and he so badly wanted more. His tail began to wag like an excited dog with a new toy, to which Tuki chuckled and squeezed his thighs tighter. Hmm, you're liking this a lot, aren't you? Tuki lowered himself slightly, letting the bulk of the buckskin thong rest on top of the fox's nose. Sakura huffed at this and moaned quietly while pressing his nose against the thong as his tail wagged harder. At last, they both felt something stir within. Tuki bit his lip as a twinge of pleasure tickled his cock, which finally started to grow and push against the tight buckskin and the fox who eagerly nuzzled it. That's it, fox. Right there. The otter cooed and licked his chops. Without much thought, he began to rock his hips and gently ground the subtle bulge up and down the fox's muscle. Good. Very good. He continued to gasp. Sakura found himself pressing his cheeks, the sides of his muzzle, against the otter's pouch purely by instinct. His tongue reached for the tip of it as it passed by, but taste was irrelevant. The smell of otter, of the sweat of long experience, of aroused mail, of worn and well-preserved buck leather. That was all he really cared about at the moment. He was so lost in the experience that it took him a moment to realize Tookie's groin had vanished. The older male was shifting, leaning over the fox who lay naked and vulnerable on his back. Tookie leaned in close buried his face in Sakura's neck fur, and inhaled deeply. That's done it, the otter grunted hungrily. Done what? Sakura blinked, confused. Oh, that, he added when cock hard as stone prodded under his tail base. And if I need a little refreshment, Tuki grinned as he plunged his nose back into Sakura's scruff. Just need to take a whiff of me spread all over your face, lad. His hips responded to the scent, pressed forward to grind his shaft against the fox's cheeks. 
better than mead. Then, all of a sudden, Sakura's heart began to pound against his ribs, and a deep anxiety rose up from nowhere. His paws curled into fists, and his claws ripped holes in the fine animal hides they lay atop. It was unexplainable, as if the wind had merely shifted and taken with it the barrier he had built to hold back his fears. After all, he had never taken another man's cock before, and it seemed that some unseen force or demon had chosen now, the worst possible moment, when Tookie was even now done anointing his weapon from the little jar of bear grease to remind him of that fact. The fox seized Tookie's shoulders and caused the old hunter to flinch. Wait, 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 Sakura barked desperately, his chest heaving as he panted hard. What now? The old otter grumbled, a hint of concern in his voice as he stared at the fox with a half-annoyed, half-aroused frown. You just remember you have gut worms or something? I just, I wasn't. Sakura stuttered and stammered unable to find the words as his mind swirled in a maelstrom of anxious thoughts. You made me jump, that's all. Tookie cocked his head at this, as if in disbelief. This intimacy of theirs had been far from sudden, but there might have been one explanation. Is this your first time taking another man? He asked, now with genuine concern in his voice as he reached down and stroked the fur on Sakura's cheek. The slight nod was all the confirmation Toki needed, and he began to rest his weight upon Fox. In all his years, spent with spirits only knew how many other hunters cradled in it against his chest. This wasn't the first time he had seen this. Their hearts yearn for one thing but their brains can't shake the wild instinct that keeps them safe. And when they conflict, the results can sometimes be irreparable. But Sakura wasn't of weak heart, nor weak mind. That Tookie had seen with his own eyes. He was sure the fox wouldn't let one measly setback stop it. Not least because Tookie's lust still burned hotter than the biggest bonfire. It is, Sakura answered, his voice meek and almost mouse-like. It is what Connor likes, and so it is what I give him. He continued, his thoughts clearly more collected now. Then, do you still want me to mount you? I... Sakura inhaled deeply. Enough scraps of the scent of Tookie's thong still clung to his whiskers to remind him why he was here. I want to be. Help me. Sakura felt the otter behind him go still. Then Toki's paw took one of his wrists, pulled it gently back, and guided it to the otter's erection. There it is, lad, Toki whispered into his ear. That's not so bad, is it? The rigged cock throbbed against his pads, indignantly, as if in protest that its owner would think to minimize its potency. Especially compared, Tookie's other hand cupped Sakura's cock, gently stroked him back towards full confidence. To this, steadily, Sakura's heartbeat was tame, the otter's skillful and gentle motions like that of a seasoned rider training a new horse. Each stroke, 
each squeeze, and each time a fingertip grazed his shy cocktail. It all worked to rebuild the fox's lust. And it worked well. If you're a warrior, Tookie's palm traced the surface of Sakura's cup, can take this, then you can learn to manage mine. Please, Sakura huffed, but the otter silenced him with a finger. Quiet, said Tookie as he lowered himself so close that their noses almost touched. You won't learn if you speak rather than listen. As if to drive the point home, the otter brushed the fox's paw away and took it for himself. And then, with both cocks in paw, he began to stroke them together. The sensation of Tuki's warm, supple length rubbing against his own was blissful. He moaned and squirmed and gasped in vain at the animal skins beneath him. Arctic blue eyes almost rolling into the back of his skull. With each passing moment, the otter's strokes got swifter until, eventually, his motions became crude. But if anything, Sakura preferred it, the rough and primal touch driven by lustful instinct, the desire to breathe, which a few might call misplaced or wrong, though. They were men who could never understand the unique bonds that men like he and Tookie shared. Each stroke, each squeeze, and throb of the otter's passion sent a wave of pleasure through Sakura. It made every part of him, every single nerve, tingle in a way that made him thirst for more, and he would take more. Tookie felt the fox shift beneath him, and cursed as his impressive length slipped from his grasp. He too had been lost in it all, the excitement having chased away the weariness that clung to his old bones, at least for tonight. He glanced down only for Sakura, who now lay on his side, pressed their lips together, and pushed his tongue into the otter's mouth. Caught by surprise, Tookie dropped his length and grabbed the fox by the thigh as if he feared his lust would have him shooting into the starry sky through the smoke hole. And by some ancient yet sharply honed instinct, he knew the moment was now. Sakura felt cold air rush through his fur as Tookie's thick arms released him, and the otter pulled back to get between his eager thighs. There was a momentary flash of what was almost pain, something blunt and insistent, pressing urgently for entry. And then, with the dual thud that the fox felt echo from the base of his spine to the back of his neck, Tookie's hips shifted forward, and the old otter was inside him. If only barely, if only for a moment. Tookie snarled and collapsed forward, and his cock pulled free like a bent branch springing back into place. The otter's seeds birded across the fox's shadow. The otter's arms trembled on either side of the fox's torso. The otter's chest heaved as he gulped down the shared scent of the males that filled the tent, like steam in the sweat lodge. Hewlett, Pamea, and Herakas were unusually subdued when Serakas slid the cover back into place beneath the blackened ivory. If any of them noticed that Sakura and Tuki hadn't bothered to cover their nakedness on the way back, or noticed the distinct smell of seed on both of their fur, 
then none of them wanted to be the first to mention it. At least, not until the fox and the otter had resumed their respective places, across the fire and steaming rocks from each other, as if neither had left to do anything more notable than empty their bladder. Well? Rockus finally yelped. Tookie's eyes met Sakura's across the firelight. At the back of them was a single flicker of desperation, like one might see in a hunter asking for a promise to keep a secret and preserve something precious and irreplaceable. I think Sakura held Tookie's gaze. You've all got a lot to learn from him. He showed me more than one thing I'd not done before. Like how not to break his hip when you tie the knot? Pamea teased, without much thought of how the words might hurt the otter. Though, Tookie's often outgoing personality, how was he to know it would hurt? Oh, Sakura said, truthfully if not honestly, he wasn't the one in danger of getting broken. Sakura refastened his loincloth as he ducked out of the living He needed to get home, he had said. Connor would be lonely, he had said. And if they wanted to hear more, why, Tookie was right there. There were advantages to having a mate who had gone home early. Well, the voice, as Sakura slid into the smaller tent, was pitched low and soft enough to avoid waking Kuvoli. Did you have fun? The fox froze. In the dark, he could see a hyena sitting awake on their shared bedroll. The tent was small enough that, just by coming completely inside, he was practically in the hyena's arms already. Connor whispered, I can smell that you did. Connor, if you want, I don't mind. The hyena laid a gentle paw on Sakura's muzzle. I'm glad you had a good time. It's good you've got a place, or, I suppose, that your tribe's got a place, for that kind of thing. It was too dark to read the warrior's expression, but the hunter knew well enough about his past to know what it probably was. It's just not for me. It could be, Sakura whispered. And maybe it will be, Connor sighed back. But not just yet. The hyena wrapped a strong arm around his mate, pulled the fox gently down beside him on the bedroll. You could still, Sakura felt a paw slide underneath his loincloth. Tell me about it. This was the second and final part of Bragging Rights by Sakura Fox and Rob McCool. Read for you by Dirt Coyote, lately of Twitter.com. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.